Welcome to the American Nomad Podcast, hosted by the legend himself, or as I refer to him, the legend in his own mind, Rav Holly. Welcome everyone uh, to the American Nomad Podcast. I am the American Nomad, Rav Holly. This is the Libertarian Hour, where we discuss everything from politics to current events to people, van life, living and living minimalistically and trying to stay out from underneath Big Brother's thumb. Uh, today on the Wednesday show, again, I have my good buddy, John Leonard. Uh, I think I've inspired him, Mr. Leonard, to actually start his own podcast. Uh, he's uh, getting his setup all together, and he looks like he's done a pretty good job from what I've seen. So without further ado, let's get my buddy John Leonard in the room here. Mr. Leonard. Hey, Rav. What's hey, Rav. going on, buddy? buddy? Good to see you. There we there go. We yeah. There we go. Now we can see everything. How do I sound on this guy? Sounds great, man. It's a whole it's a whole whole different uh show tonight now. I know. It's almost like I'm semi professional. Don't We're, let word get out. Right. Uh I actually think I, I'm looking at actually investing in one of those mics myself. Um I I I like the sound and the deal is is uh it's a USB. So with this mic here, with the interface that I use, this uh big mixer that I have uh i get a when i'm gaming i get an echo and i've done everything i can to fix it and i can't fix it and i know buying one of those sures and just hooking it directly to the computer would fix that echo i wouldn't have that echo anymore so man this thing was great and the um the mode of desktop software for it super simple i mean i'm not a tech guy when it comes to audio and video you know i did photography still photography but uh i'm not a tech guy this thing's been great though i mean it it really easy i mean just plug and play just boom picked up some led light panels off of amazon for 240 bucks and yeah, here we are compared to last week look, you, look, look how much better that is yeah you got a whole you look like a real uh you look like a real podcast host now buddy yeah, i play one on tv stay at the, holiday Inn express there you go they'll leave the light on for you uh, it doesn't look like we have anybody oh, we got three people in the room didn't see anybody uh in the chat room yet oh there we go random nomad oh, no, yeah. no, what is the sound? So, sound, um, no picture. No picture. Oh, oh he, he, uh, he must be having a problem. Yeah. Hopefully that's on his end and not our end. Yeah, I don't know. I see see everything on my side. Yeah, I see you fine. Man, it looks your... Uh, yeah. You know, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to use my cell phone and go look at the... Go yeah, yeah, the make sure it's working. Yeah. I'll, we'll see what it looks like. It looks so much... Yeah. Dude, your, your setup looks so much better. It's astounding. Yeah, I mean a little bit of money and uh, okay, random. Yeah, clean, yeah, clean my desk off. That I mean that took me like I don't know, it took like three hours. You know, flat surface collects junk. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so B two M says he I can hear and says great. Yeah. Thank you B two M for letting us know. Joe Eldorado, what is going on, buddy? John started from the bottom and now he's here. There you go, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the internet it has to be true whatever it i say has to be true has to be true man i am dragging today so i decided today this morning uh, i've got my subway there now subway has those little those tonics have you had any of those no i haven't they have like the pomegranate and these different drinks that are beside mm -hmm. their you know their soda fountain machine and they're they're really good it's like a uh, fresca type stuff See, you know, I, I, when I do energy drinks, the Monster Ultra in the white can mm -hmm. tastes like a Fresca to me. Okay. Well, yeah. so I decided today that I was going to run through the day without a Monster. So. Oh, hey, my buddy Willie's here. Hey, Willie. What's up, man? Oh, Willie's your buddy. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Good to see you, Willie. Uh, 
So I decided the day, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm addicted to monsters. So I decided the day I'd do the day without one, and man, it has been rough. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do, I do a copious amount of coffee, and uh, I try not to do the energy drinks because they, they, they you crash hard off of them. Right. So. I think if you just do one, what I've learned, if you just do one, if you do more than one, it'll really get to you. But I think if you just do one, the problem is, is like with anything else with caffeine or anything else that boosts energy. Once your body gets accustomed to that and then you don't mm-hmm. give it to your body, your body really fills it. So I think that's the biggest yeah. downfall to energy drinks. And like I said, I didn't used to do energy drinks. I literally just started drinking energy drinks. You know, I would drink a Red Bull every now and then in the little tiny can. But I really just started doing energy drinks after the battle with COVID. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I've got some kidney issues. And I mean, those energy drinks, they, kidney are, stones. they are really yeah, yeah, they're, 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 they're rough on your kidneys. Yeah. So I'm, it's that. I shouldn't drink anything but water for yeah. my doctor. So, But that's, I at least got coffee. I mean, they, they're like, all right, coffee's okay too. But. Right. Uh, coffee can be problems for your prostate, though. The same as tea. My dad used to drink a lot of iced tea, and he ended up having to stop drinking tea for like two or three years. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm the doctor. (laughs) Jameson. There you go. (laughs) Anyway, we're already six minutes into the show. Let's uh so today was the big day. Uh we have a new uh pedo in the White House our commander and pedo and what was I calling him? The pedo um the child sniffer in the White House. The pedo chief. The pedo in chief. That's exactly that's what it was. The pedo in chief. That's exactly what it was. I can remember because you know somebody some people used to call uh, Trump the orange or the orange Dorito in chief or something like that. Yeah. 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 So now we have a new pedo in chief. Oh yeah, and and you know to the point, um, nobody got arrested in D.C. today on the politician i'm sure someone somewhere got arrested i'm still did not get arrested wait i'm still waiting today's the big it's it's post it's gonna happen any minute now right well i had i had my leather chaps ready just in just in case Uh, just in case uh for those you don't know i had promised rav that if the um we're just gonna i'm gonna say the whole thing if we the the q people uh if their predictions had come true i had promised to write q on my butt cheeks and wear nothing but leather leather chaps all day today uh, which uh, really would have sucked because I was in a refrigerated room for about four hours first thing this morning uh, doing some uh, country hams. But uh, none of that came to fruition. And Rav and I were talking how both of us daily were just inundated with people who were on the train that Trump's playing some kind of long game for the chess to pull everybody out. And I, I'll speak for me. You know, there's so many other legitimate things that really could be brought to the surface and other, if you want to call them conspiracy theories, that aren't really conspiracy theories that we just look at the the evidence on the face that you don't need to create elaborate stories and get your hopes up. Uh, it was pretty obvious to me what was going to happen, it, which was nothing. The pardons turned into nothing. He released no information as president. He pardoned nobody significant today. Uh, and he basically just pardoned the same inside cronies that get pardoned at the end of every presidential term. Let me just, uh, I'll add to that. I'm very, very disappointed in Trump that he did not uh, pardon Julian Assange and uh, Snowden. Uh, I really, you know, I mean, he, 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 you know, like Little Wayne and all these people, I really don't care anything about them, but I really I mean, wish. I mean, I'm sure they do. I, I don't yeah. even know what they were, like, what they were getting pardoned for. Like, uh, God, they, God, I have no idea what Little Wayne was up on a gun charge that he had, he had been caught in New York, I guess, with a gun on him or something like that. Uh, well, you pardon know? that crap. Anybody yeah. with a gun charge should get pardoned. I'm just, buy, buy more guns and carry them. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, 
you know, there was some there was some pardons like uh, one of the pardons. I can't remember the name, but like one of them I really did agree with after I listened to what it was. And it was Ivanka, his daughter, that the one that is the one that championed this this one. And it was someone that um, they had been convicted of mail fraud. And it was a father of three kids. And I, I don't know what the mail fraud was. I didn't get that in depth into it. I didn't have time. But he was convicted of mail fraud. And whatever he did, they decided to make an example of him. And they sentenced him to 29 years. And he's been in prison for 12 years for fucking mail fraud. I, yeah, I mean. I mean, well, unless, unless unless your mail fraud is like defunding poor people or, def, you know, unless you're, you know, stealing from somebody or, you know, something like that. Just mail fraud. I mean, I don't even, I'd have to really yeah, look into it to see what it is, but it just yeah, sounds I mean, ridiculous. It doesn't make any any sense. I, it's just, it's indicative of the state, the regulations that come from, you know, most people don't know that the Senate and the Congress, yeah, they pass laws, but they no longer pass laws that are like, you cannot do X. What they pass is we direct the IRS to establish a process and a routine for funding or taxing or providing tax relief for, I don't know, cigar manufacturers. And then it goes to the IRS and it runs through an entire body of bureaucracy, internal and committees to come up with the regulation and the actual tax code. The Congress and the Senate, I mean, this has been this way for 60 or 70 years in this country. And it's one of the main problems is the Senate and the Congress continue to pass the buck of their actual job, which is to pass specific laws and punishment and to do things like pass a budget. They basically pass resolutions that go, well, we're just going to let the president continue to spend money. We're going to let the IRS create the rule. We're going to let the ATF create the rule. We're going to let Department of Homeland Security create the rule. And that's the law that they're passing is this, it, you know, it'd be like, all right, Rav, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hire you for my business. Um, but I'm gonna let you make the whole business plan and figure out how we're going to fund it and, uh, go make it happen for me. Uh, good luck. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it tells them nothing for sure. Uh, I just, I was still just was really disappointed that, uh, Trump didn't, that he didn't pardon Assange and Snowden. I, I just had a feeling that he, at least Assange, he would, but, uh, you know, it, well, it, and I thought that was coming because when, when the UK denied the mm -hmm. U.S.'s extradition of Assange last week, I thought maybe there was some insider information there that basically it was like, look, he's going to be pardoned. Just keep him over there. We kind of don't want him back in the country. He probably don't want to be back in the country anyway. Just we're, we're just don't waste the time, effort, and energy. And that's why it got denied. But, well, he's not even American. He's British. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's the thing, you know, when when you start talking about the deep state, though, I mean, because he is the number he's the deep state's number one enemy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because all he did, he, you know, people don't understand this. He didn't hack anything. He didn't have the, the stuff that he released was just information that was provided to him. It was mm -hmm. now it was top secret information, but he just released information that was provided to him. He didn't hack into anything. He didn't really do anything breaking laws to get that information. All he did was got the information, and released it to the public. All the information that he got is information that I think we should have anyway. Absolutely. I mean, well, they basically indicted him on. I'm going to call it the Napster routine. Right. right? Exactly. I mean, That's he exactly didn't do right. It. The information was provided. Yep. He provided a service for the information. And so this is where we go down the slippery slope of when you start to convict somebody for things that they said or what they did um, that, and you're stretching that slippery slope. So Napster, there's copy, I mean, totally unrelated, but now really the same logic applies to 
anybody who uses the internet uh, and provides a funnel or medium or a means of communication. So, you know, eventually the way they're going to stifle free speech is actually internet service providers. You know, they wanted net neutrality, which would have put internet service providers under the, the guise of the FCC. And I'm telling you, you're going to hear now, this is going to come back and everybody's going to be clamoring for it. And now it's going to be Republicans beating the door down, wanting it to happen when they opposed it before. Yeah. Because sure. of all the conservative voices that are being uh, removed off of social media platforms, they're going to remove 230. They're going to want net neutrality. And they're just paving the way for the grand plan of government control of everything. And when they don't like what you're saying, they'll cut the whole flipping internet off. Yep. I just want to say, uh, uh, Brooklyn English Bulldog Eve, thanks for joining us. Tasha Teeling, thanks for joining us. Good to see you guys. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see uh, where we go and how we go forward. Uh, I just think it's 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 insane. D- did you hear this uh, with CNN calling they want to have uh, like Newsmax? They're actually going to the 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 internet hosting companies or you know like at&t and stuff uh cnn is trying to get them to pull newsmax even fox news off the air Absolutely. i mean well, what what better way to get a monopoly and just have your competition yeah. eliminated yeah. i mean and the, and the bad thing about it, i sat there today i really didn't watch anything um uh, who, who said they didn't watch anything today brooklyn was that you yeah, yeah brooklyn. didn't watch anything so i mean i i didn't either i mean i listened to a little bit of, of of the speech we were riding in the car to go do some things today uh, when he was standing up there at the, the podium. Uh, and when he, he compared himself to Lincoln, uh, I, 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 I'm like, oh, my God, did he really just compare himself even, to Lincoln? He's I like the new white it. hope. I mean, thanks. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, I didn't uh, even watch we'll, it. We'll compare yourself to Lincoln after you've actually done something, uh, which coincidentally we'll just say. If you don't know this, Lincoln actually violated the Constitution tremendously. He declared martial law. He had U.S. senators arrested, and he actually personally signed a bench warrant for a Supreme Court justice when they ruled that what he was doing was illegal. Uh, so yeah, that, you know, if he wouldn't have won the Civil War, uh, be, Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln would have been put in prison for a very long, long time. time. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's let's jump back. Uh, I was going to title this the uh, conspiracy, the Q conspiracy. Uh, I've been bombarded, just to let you guys know, I have literally been bombarded the last week. I've been bombarded for over a year, uh, but the last week it really ramped up. I had probably about, I want to say seven of my friends uh, that are even a couple of them here in California, most of them are in Texas, but they were hook, line, and sinker all into the queue. I mean, one of them, two of them, hook, line, and sinker. And they would literally get frustrated with me when I would just kind of slough the stuff off because they're sending me 45-minute videos. They're sending me all of these videos. Here, here, you got to watch this video right now. I go in to watch the video. It's literally just some dude in his living room. I'm like, well, who is this guy? Has he worked for the government? Has he had a top, you know, you know, if he, if he has this information, does he, does he have like a top, has he had like a top uh, security clearance with the government at some point? You know, like, who is this guy? You know what I mean? They're like, oh no, but he's, he's amazing. You have to listen to him. And, you know, and then five minutes into it, you know, he starts, you know, quoting Bible, Bible verses and proverbs and, you know, revelations and all of this shit. And it, it frustrates me to no end. Now, if you're all into the conspiracy theory with Q, I understand it. Believe me, I understand it. I was telling John this a couple of days ago when uh, I'm conspiracy theory minded too. They say m- most uh, above average intelligent people are. But the problem is, is I learned my lesson with Y2K. 
I took that one hook, line, and sinker with Y2K, and I was young. Uh, it was I was in my twenties, and I really I really bought the Y2K thing, hook, line, and sinker. And in doing so, because I was really into computers, and most people back in those days didn't know too much about computers, and I did. So it did make a lot of sense to me that these computers weren't made with enough digits that when everything rolled over, those computers are going to roll over to zero. The company I was working at, we were still using old analog stuff for our inventory. The old monochrome green screen, you know, like the old, like the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. And so we were using that. So I was actually, I was a, a, I was a, um, at the time with my company, I was, I ended up being an executive sales rep, but at that time I was in charge of the parts department. I was the parts manager. And so when I took over the parts department, I had spent a year, uh, reorganizing and, and logging all of this stuff into our system, all of our parts. So all you had to do is go in the computer when somebody called and I could look and see exactly how many we had in stock. When I took over the parts department, you'd have to go out in the warehouse and look in the bin and go, oh yeah, we got four of those and go back and get on the phone. Cause that's the way the parts manager did it before I did it. Cause he was, you know, from the seventies and that's the way they did it. And I reset everything up on the computer. So when they started talking about this Y2K knocking out erasing all of the work I'd done, I was freaking out. So I went to the owner of our company and sat down and had a meeting with him, explained to him what was going to happen, what I thought was going to happen. And he's like, well, how likely do you think it's going to happen? I said, I give it about a 60 or 70% chance. I said, maybe it won't, but I think it's probably going to do it. And all the experts are saying it's going to happen. All the the major uh, computer experts. So he said, well, then start pricing out new servers and everything, and we'll just do, we'll do the entire company. We'll, we'll get on a new server system because everything's getting outdated, so we'll do everything. So I called in Dale. Uh, Dale Computers was in Austin. This was in Carrollton, Texas, but we called in Dale. We called in a couple of other, uh, like Linksums uh, was one, which was a uh, corporate or like a, they did business server development and we ended up gateway was pretty new at that time remember gateway with their cows and all that stuff so gateway was pretty new and they came in and gave us the best bid uh i wasn't i liked dell better uh the computers and stuff but but gateway met us uh my boss wanted to stay under 50 under fifty five thousand dollars and we ended up getting a gateway system for $56,000. Doesn't sound like a, a lot of money these days, but you got to realize this was in the late 90s. It was a lot of money. Years ago. Yeah. It was a lot of money. And uh, we ended up putting all new computers. Now, my boss, Mark Burrell, loved the computers. Once we were all set up, it was a nightmare getting the stuff done. It took us a month, two months to get everything transferred, the data. Uh, you had to do all the data entry and everything. It was a free, flipping nightmare. But once it was all done, it was well worth it. But long story short, once Y2, once it, once we rolled over to 2000 from 99, that New Year's, and nothing happened to anything, uh, my owner of my company was very, very, he, you know, he'd never said it, you know, he was such a good guy that he never like rubbed it in like, Hey, you know, yeah, I spent that 56,000. We didn't really need to, you know, he never said anything, but he's just like, he came in like that next morning. I was like, I was dreading going to the office because I knew I was going to have to look him in the face. And, you know, I didn't know if he was going to like, you know, just like really rib me on it or, you know, what he was going to do. And we went in for the Monday morning meeting and he just, uh, he goes, well, you know, he goes, uh, the Y2K thing didn't turn out, you know, like a lot of, of the experts predicted, but you know, uh, Rav, 
you know, he did take the initiative to get us, you know, so we're better mm-hmm. off now. We're, we're, we're a decade. We have a decade with this new computer system. So the money needed to be spent anyway, but we need to think about things when these conspiracy theories, you know, you really need to, we need to analyze them logically, you know, but hopefully Rav, you learned a valuable lesson. I was like, yeah, you know, cause I really felt like an ass, you know what I mean? Well, and I think a lot of people, you're right. Everyone somewhere has got some form of conspiracy theory. And I've, I've said this a couple of times now, what's scarier is when you think about it is that if there's not a conspiracy, because what that means is that the people in charge are actually just freaking morons. I mean, because if it's not planned and all this stuff's going awry and an average person can sit down and go, well, they're going to have a, a protest in D.C. and he's going to give a speech the same day they're voting for electoral college votes, and that's what he's upset about, there might be some danger there or there may be something happening, but nobody thought about it. So then the conspiracy becomes, well, they let people in intentionally. Right. This was all intentional. Well, maybe they didn't. Maybe just everybody in the Senate and the Congress are actually just blithering morons and nobody thought that the American people are actually going to show up and be pissed off at them. So it's easier to go with the conspiracy theory other than understand that we're being ran by uh, just, I don't even know, what, nincompoops. I yeah. mean, just absolute, no start, can't do anything. This is the kind of person that, you know, would make the wrong turn down a one-way street, and they're running our country. And, and I mean that literally, like driving a car, they turn left, but it goes the other way, and, you know, they cause an accident because they don't really actually, they can't have any foresight into what's going on they just are concerned about themselves and absorbed in their own bubble so that conspiracy theories become a, an easy out and same as you i had people just every single day sending me the 45 minute videos oh and I'm like, I, first off i don't have time to watch your 45 minute video about whatever you know like you said they're rambling on about something and then there's bible quotes and scripture and you know someone else had put something up on facebook they're like look if jesus didn't come back during slavery and jim crow and uh, any of the world wars that we've had, I don't think he's coming back just because Biden's getting in office. It seems like a, a, a non-start for Jesus Christ in the rapture on that day. I don't, I don't, maybe it does, maybe it rises to the occasion. I'm not him, so I don't, yeah. I don't know when that would be. My, I'm not making fun of the, the Q people. My deal is, is, is what I'm saying is um, the Y2K thing with me, I just read, I had just read William Cooper's book behold a pale horse so that was full of conspiracy so i just read that so my mind was was fluttering around at that time so these people that are that that fell hook line and sinker into the q rabbit hole are just hitting the internet and just getting exposed that's their first conspiracy so that's their y2k that's why they fell for it i mean if you really look at the 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 nuts and bolts of the queue. I mean, just for the the simple fact is, you know, I had people telling me for matter of fact that John F. Kennedy didn't die in that plane crash. And he was this guy. I can't remember his name, but I looked at, he's even got a Twitter account. So there's this guy, I can't remember. Uh, what is his name? I can't think of his name right now. So there's a guy that he's got some kind of resemblance, you know, that he could be like an age JF Kennedy Jr., mm-hmm. So do you understand, did you, have you heard this? Do you know this, what I'm talking about? No, no, I, had, yeah. I hadn't heard yeah. that he hadn't died. And yeah. I, mean, I thought actually the photos and, and them actually literally him still strapped in the seat was pretty, pretty self-evident. Yeah, yeah. He actually I mean, died in the airplane crash. Same here. So uh, with the Q thing, that was a big, that was a big part of their, uh, their uh, thing was it, it all started on 4chan, right? 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it's started- reputable. Yeah, it started on 4chan, and it was the guy would sign these things Q. And then there ended up being this guy. Uh, you don't hear too much about him anymore, but like a year or two years ago, it was all over. And uh, it was this guy that would show up at these Trump rallies and stuff, and these people that are in the queue would think, well, oh, he kind of he has a resemblance of JFK Jr. So the whole conspiracy was that JFK Jr. was alive and that he was helping Trump— uh, uh, exposed the deep the deep state that JFK Jr. actually faked his death in all these years he's been exposing the deep state and he helped Trump get elected and that Trump was elected and that they were going to expose all of these these child you know the you know all of the deep state the, the Democrats and the Republicans the rhinos they were all going to be exposed right before Trump left office you know what I mean yeah and, I mean I hadn't heard, I had not heard the, the JFK connection. Yeah. Uh, I, I really never got into researching the, the Q things. I know the origins were, were 4chan or some Reddit yeah. sub thread or, or something like that. It's 4chan. And, yeah, I mean, you know, look, and I'm just going to, when I talk about things, I'm talking about things that are coming and I talk about deep state and I talk about globalist and globalist elite, the people I'm listening to, number one, they're highly educated, which doesn't mean much, but most of them have a background working in the industry or working in the field that they're talking about. You know, I was really big with um, COVID before it was COVID back when we were just yeah, yeah, same to this, the, the SARS yeah. novel coronavirus yeah. two, uh, January of last year. Same and the reason I was is because at the information we had and the epidemiologists that actually were listening to that were not government, but they're like, look, this is, um, this has the potential to be really serious. And if it is serious, then these are the things that are going to happen. If it's not serious, then taking some preparations, not going to hurt you. Um, yeah, 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 that, that's right. I, I, uh, I, I can't, I can't, but I'm, I'm not going to talk too much about that because it's actually day job related and they have a media policy. So I'm uh-huh. going to actually talk about what we're doing. Uh, but you know, he's, uh, Willie's right. They're, the uh, they're long. Um, so anyway, um, the, um, where was that? Oh yeah. I've got, uh, the, the people I'm listening to, they have some background, right? So I talk about the, the upcoming monetary system. Well, number one, I'm pulling this directly from websites like the IMF, the federal reserve. Uh, one of the people, um, you know, I listened to, uh, uh, Lynette Zhang worked for the federal reserve system. She was in the federal reserve system. So when these people speak about the processes that are going on, they're actually there. They tell you where the reference material is. So they're cited sources. They're not just, you know, I could sit here and tell you all kinds of things, right? You know, one of my favorite, like right now, my experience that I have zero proof of is that they're either going to off Biden, he's going to catch COVID, or they're going to use the 25th Amendment to remove him because he's incompetent sometime in the next six months. Do I have anything to back that up with? Absolutely not. That's an off-the-cuff conspiracy theory. But the conspiracy yeah. the conspiracy theory is that he is actually not of adequate mind, sound mind and body to actually uphold the office. And this is their way to get a woman president because they know that we would never vote. The country would never have voted for Kamala Harris for president. Well, but, right. Well, I don't even know this. They're going to use the woman aspect yeah. of it. But really what it is is they, Biden is a 40-year-plus politician. Yep. He is well. He's 49 a moderate. Years. He wrote, he, forty nine years. Forty nine years. Forty nine. Yeah, he's a moderate. He yeah. wrote. The, he co-authored the crime bill. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He has always been a moderate yeah. Democrat. So there's a moderate Democrat as president, and you have a socialist. I mean, 
I'd say admitted, but an absolute socialist vice president. So when when and if the president goes away and, you know, Biden even said that if they disagreed, he would default to her. Yeah. He actually said that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I can't say that that's the plan. So maybe they're just, you know, hey, you get to be president for a little while and then you're just going to need to resign for health reasons. And he agreed to it. I don't know, maybe all that's coming. But again, I don't have any sources for that. I, I mean, I can't just sit here and spout off and say religiously that this is going to happen. But when you look at the stated agenda uh, of what they want to do and starting today, the executive orders that he signed within the first few hours, which I'm going to give him credit. He went to work. Yeah, he did. You know, usually on inauguration day, it's they don't do 24 anything. hours yeah. of parties and nobody does anything. And he just went to the Oval Office and started signing papers and doing things. So, I mean, at least he's not ducking out of work and going to parties. True, though. I mean, I'll, I'll give him, that's his first win I'm going to give him. My whole thing is, though, is uh, I, I didn't watch the inauguration or anything, but I, you know, checked it out on social media, what was being said. It's so funny to, to see all of the the elite liberals rejoicing now, you know what I mean? Like Jesus Christ has risen from the dead or something. It's ridiculous on social media. You got Je- to feel that way when they're, when they're getting put in cages because they're doing something people don't agree with. Yeah. You got JLo sitting there on the Capitol steps. So like 15 people, none of them wearing masks, none of them social distancing, distancing, but you know, that's what, so that was the comments I was making on Instagram that I kept getting flagged to being a bully. I was like, Oh, look at the, the liberal super spreader. Okay. COVID do your thing. <laughs> Yeah, I've been, well, well, I've and, been and mean. Yeah, so the inauguration's fine, but Trump's, you know, 75-person Rose oh, yeah. Garden event, oh, like, they anything. said he was responsible for, like, 100 people dying. Yeah, or, anything. Or something yeah. that they had been responsible for over 2,000 direct COVID cases that they they uh, traced it. And I'm like, who traced it? I, uh, and, and you know, the, the other thing today, like, that's why I couldn't listen to the media. I, I just, I really couldn't. Newsmax is... Uh, they're okay uh, as far as not really taking personal jabs or insults, but man, MSNBC and CNN, oh my god, yeah, every other word was just now. Well, he's not president, so I can actually just talk about the SOB and say what I wanted. Well, you were saying what you wanted to. We anyway, already knew what you meant. Yeah. I mean, you were doing it anyway. Uh, my oh, sorry, whole- all right. Well, we're we're off of the Q topic, which was really the yeah. whole point of the show because we were we were laughing about this. So, let Rav, let me ask because you're always asking me questions. Let me ask you, Russ, what do you think the What do you think the actual, I want to say, what do you think Trump's game plan was? I mean, I mean, you know, he sat there and he tried to fire up the base. He made some legal challenges in court. But what do you think the last actual 11 or 12 months of, of his presidency, what, what was his game plan? Because even at the, the outset, and I, I said, I'm going to throw this out this reference and you answer your question, but I was laughing about this. I said, if he really wanted to jab and twist a knife in the, in the left, you know who he should have pardoned yesterday? He should have pardoned. Bill and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, because then they would oh, have yeah, to come yeah. out and say, I don't want the pardon. pardon I didn't yeah. do anything. That's, or they would like, have to accept the pardon and admit that they had done something. Well, so they, he would have backed them into a corner, but he didn't even do that. Well, uh, that's my whole thing with Trump is, you know, my disappointment in Trump is uh, the simple fact that they're, you know, the left painted this thing as it was some kind of uh, oddball conspiracy theory with Obamagate. No, that shit really happened. There were laws broken. They lied. The FBI lied to get those FISA warrants. Mm-hmm. The Hillary Clinton is the one that spurred that whole investigation on. There was there's now there's been uh there's been leaked documents that the FBI knew that there was no no uh proof of collusion and kept pushing forward with investigation anyway. When they were talking between themselves saying there's nothing here. There's no there's no real collusion, but then they went ahead with the investigation anyway and just kept peddling that narrative. That's all against the law. 
Some people should have went to jail. Barack Obama, it's come out that he knew about this. He knew that it was going on, and he knew that there was no collusion there. That is against the law. You can't do those kind of things. So my whole thing with Trump is, you know, I don't know who got in his ear, but somebody got in his ear and said, look, if you stir this up, it's really going to cost the country. You know, that's the only thing. I, and this is my speculation, because it was there. I mean, after he went through a three and a half year investigation over the Russian collusion and then it all come out to be that was the conspiracy theory. That was the conspiracy theory that CNN was peddling, that they were all peddling. Everybody that went to jail, Flynn, everybody that went to jail, the liberals love to parrot that these people in his cabinet that went to jail, not one of them went to went to jail over conspiracy or colluding with Russia. It was all a bunch of bullshit. And they peddled that narrative for three and a half years because they lost the election in 2016 and couldn't figure out how they lost. So there had to be a big bad boogeyman, which was Russia, which is exactly what they would have done this time. If they had lost this time, they'd be blaming China or they'd be blaming somebody else. And they'd be storming the Capitol as well and burning, burning down the cities. So they're the biggest hypocrites. And that's my biggest problem with the left in general. But my biggest problem with Trump is, uh, I don't know, you could say the deep state got to him. I don't know what got to him. But the simple fact that uh, he never acted on any of the things, any of the, you know, because even Rudy Giuliani came out and said, you know, we have some proof here that there was some laws broken and and there's going to be some indictments coming down the pike. And maybe because they they didn't wrap everything up and they were so confident that they were going to get a second term that they didn't push through. So it probably killed their investigation. That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, but it's just, it still, uh, boggles my mind why nothing ever happened there. Why they didn't make anything happen. Yeah. I mean, it, and I thought about this and I think it really just comes down to Trump's background. You know, he has been a businessman his whole life. His dad was a businessman, He's grown up and, and what he says goes, I mean, you know, his famous line on the apprentice is you're fired. And that sums him up. He actually had the, you know, in private business, you have the authority to do that. You own the business. You're the CEO, you're right. the president, you're the major shareholder. What you say goes. Right. And as president, unfortunately, it doesn't work. It that does way. Not. You, yeah. You're the executive yeah. of the federal government, but you can't unilaterally, you know, say stop collecting taxes. Right. You know, I mean, I guess, well, I want to tell you there's probably ways that, that he could do some things through executive order, but I don't think he understood that the system was not one in where he's the boss. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, he's he's one third of the power structure uh, and what he should have done and the, the game he should have played while he had control early on in the Senate and the House was to get the Senate and the House because the Senate's already in the mode of just signing over authority and power and they he should have just got them to sign over more authority and power to him um you know and that that may happen in the next term and in which case you know it's you can either draw a, a, a correlation between star wars and palpatine coming to power or if you're a little more dark you could talk about how hitler came to power and people forget hitler was voted fuhrer by oh, yeah, the yeah. The legislative yeah. body. Now, granted, by the time he got there, a lot of that was uh, brown shirt thugs that had right. put people into place. But I would also argue the examples of election fraud we just had were eerily similar. Um, people storming the Capitol building while they didn't burn it down. Very eerily similar to the burning of the Reichstag right before the election. Yeah. So the, the parallels when you study history, and this is the real 
you know, they, they're wanting to erase history. You got to understand what has, what really happened and how people came to power and how they were voted in, how people cheered for them to come to power to get to where we are. But I don't think Trump understood that. I think Trump really went into it as a businessman. He went into it with a business mindset because he had done it for, you know, what, uh, 50 some odd years of his life or, or longer. And he watched his dad do it. And he felt like he could come in and do that and surround himself with people and be able to control them because they're cabinet members. They work for me or they're the joint chiefs and I appointed them and they work for me or the secretary of defense, you know, and I think Mattis was probably one of the biggest ones. You know, I think everybody liked the idea of Mattis being in charge of the department of defense because if something happened, we would win because right. he knows what he's doing. Doing. But Trump felt like he could probably order Mattis around, former military guy, and I'm your boss now, and I appointed you into cabinet position, and you're going to do what I ask you to do. And Mattis quit. He didn't want to deal with right. it. So when he takes somebody who had an entire career in the Marine Corps, yeah. and, and, and they quit because yeah. they don't want to deal with your bullshit, then you, you probably have lost some people skills somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. You know, that's, but that was the reason that uh, so many Americans voted for Trump to begin with, because he wasn't a politician. Mm-hmm. Now you've got uh, now you've got right back in there a forty nine year forty you know a fifty year half a half a century politician a guy that's been in politics for half a century, like I there's a meme out there that I have in my phone I don't think I've ever posted it but it's like Joe Biden, uh it's it's quotes from his uh it's quotes from the debates things that he said that from his debates and like one of them is uh I uh government has failed you, and then the bottom meme is. I've been in government for 49 years. You know what I mean? Trump is four years. Trump got four uh, years. All the bullshit that's going on right now, Trump didn't create it in four years, even though that the the leftist media is trying to paint that narrative. You know, and the other thing is, is they're so effing stupid that they think that everything, or I don't know if they're stupid or if they're just evil that they're trying to twist it. But you know, have you watched any of the media? I watched a PBS news hour the other day and the whole, the, the entire thing, they had three guests on there, one Republican, one lifelong Republican and the three guests and the host were all painting the narrative that everything that's going on, that everybody that stormed the Capitol, that everybody that voted for Trump are all white supremacists, that this all comes from from white supremacy it's all it's all that that's what's going on it's white supremacy run running rampant in this country right now what they don't what they fail to understand is no it's their stupidity they're so mm-hmm. fucking stupid that they don't realize how much republicans or the right i'm not going to say republicans conservatives literally despise them when they're pushing their pronoun bullshit and they're pushing all of the you know uh, their trans movement and having uh you know boys that are identifying as girls competing at, you know, junior high and high school athletics and dominating the the biological girls, all of this stuff. You know what I mean? That's the stuff that we literally despise them over. Yeah. And, and I mean, and Biden said that today, I mean, he actually brought up white supremacy. Yeah. In, the, in his every other word, and, and every other word. It. They can't shut up That's about it. it. Yeah, I mean, let's see, what was the comment? Uh, did you notice the Bible they use is the same every year? Uh, I, I'm assuming you mean for the Irish. I didn't I didn't watch it, so I didn't see it. It is not the same Bible every year. Um, the elected person actually has the choice of what Bible they want to use, um, or I guess now it doesn't have to be a Bible. But that's, uh, to Rav's point, that, you know, the, the agenda that they're pushing, some things are just a tradition, so, you know, um, yes, I know the most frequently used Bible, if, if there was one among presidents, actually is the 
uh, Masonic Lodge in right. Washington, D.C., actually owns George Washington's Bible that he actually took the oath of office on. And that Bible has actually been used. I, I don't know the exact count, but it has been used a lot. Uh, when it is requested and the Masonic Lodge has to vote and give permission for it to be used. So I'm not 100% sure that the Masonic Lodge probably would have allowed Joe Biden to use George Washington's Bible today. Uh, and then he's going to turn around and invoke um, uh, Abraham Lincoln upon himself and and make comparisons there. So, no, the, I didn't. I don't. Uh, the Bible I, that I they the Bible that they actually use today was a Bible, supposedly, that's Joe Biden's family Bible that's been in his his family since either the 1800s or 1936. I read the date, but I can't remember, but it's supposedly some Bible that's been passed down generation to generation in his family, which is probably all bullshit. They probably found it on eBay and bought it. Goodwill and they faux patinaed the cover. Right. Hey, so, so speaking of tradition, so what do you think Trump said to Biden in the letter? I mean, was he was he telling him what's in Area 51 and the aliens and clapping cheeks, or did he tell him to bite the big one and uh, see you on the flip side, buddy? Well, what did he put in that private letter to him? Well, there's a funny, there's a funny. Uh, the have you seen this? The the uh, what do you call it? the stationery, the official White House stationery? There's a letter that's it's floating around as a meme, but it's it's like written on the official White House stationery with Donald Trump's actual signature, and mm-hmm. it just says. Come on, Joe. You know I really won, Joe. <laughs> That's all it says. <laughs> well, it, remind, it reminds me of the joke of the, the guy who became CEO of a company. And on his way out, the the um, the, the secretary, said, or, or when he gets there first day, the secretary says, hey, the former CEO left you, uh, left you a note. And uh, so the note says, uh, if you're ever in trouble, go to the inner safe in the office and open the envelope number one. And... So time goes by, CEO gets in trouble. He opens the inner safe and he reads it out and it says, you can blame me for this and they'll, they'll buy it and it will get you through this problem and your mess up. And so, and then it says, if you get in trouble again, open envelope number two. So CEO goes through, does some bad business decisions, business drops, goes in the inner safe, opens letter number two. And the letter number two, it says, you need to get out two pieces of paper and write two letters. <laughs> what was in the right. note today and that's yeah. uh, uh I, I know they're, they're not going to talk about it and biden said it was gracious um i don't i don't know maybe he sanitized the desk before he got up and who, left and was knows? nice about it who knows it's it's we we've entered a very weird time but the, you know i look at it like this this is exactly how we feel i know you didn't even you didn't vote for trump you were never a trump supporter no. but as no. myself being a trump supporter um we feel exactly the way they felt in 2016 you know what i mean it's what comes around goes around you just kind of got to look at it like that my only worry is uh you know what are, what are they going to do but then they felt, you know liberals felt the same way with trump like what's trump going to do they're all celebrating now that biden's getting rid of the the keystone pipeline which is going to hurt canada canada's pissed off about that you know there's a lot of things that uh you know biden's going to do to try to trudeau's gonna come down and say build back better and yeah everyone's <laughs> gonna laugh at him <laughs> uh it's uh, you know they're all rolling the, you know, Biden's big agenda is to roll back all the stuff that Trump did, get us back into the shitty Paris Accord, which is ridiculous. Uh, yeah. You know, at one point, gun control was in the Paris Accord. Most people don't know. It was yeah. actually it was to create a international database of handgun owners and to um, basically nobody could own a handgun if you'd ever had any like even a traffic violation or some stupid right. crap. Like yeah, it's. And, and, 
Uh, I mean, Kamala Kamala Harris is a big gun law advocate. You know this, right? Like, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah like I, I mean, she's, on, on, she's uh, she used to be a prosecutor. She used to be a prosecutor, and uh, before, uh, like it's been probably two weeks ago, I guess, on Twitter, her and uh, the former congresswoman, or I think she was a con- that from Arizona, they got shot. Remember, like back like fifteen years ago. Um, uh, Gabby or yeah, Scott Kelly's wife. Yeah, so she got yeah. shot. She was a Democrat. Uh, congresswoman for Arizona or something I remember so mm-hmm. her and Kamala it shows them embracing in a hug and Kamala promising her that now those gun laws uh, that she's been championing all these years are getting ready to be pushed into effect and I basically tweeted at both of them and said damn it's too bad that guy in Arizona wasn't a better fucking shot <laughs> well you know and that's funny because I'm going to go go back even even longer and I'm going to bring up James Brady okay? yeah, and yeah, for yeah. those of you who don't know Reagan. So James James Brady was President Reagan Reagan's bill. press secretary yep. who was shot in the head at an assassination attempt where Reagan was shot and actually did get shot. In 1988, in right? Uh, no, 82. 82, yeah, okay. 82, yeah. 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 Reagan yeah. was office in 88. That's right. So this yeah. was 80. He hadn't been president long. Yep. And so James Brady suffers massive brain damage. Well, in the 90s, the uh, Brady bill was passed, which banned, I mean, it flat banned certain calibers. You couldn't own right. the AR-15s as a civilian. You couldn't own, uh, quote, assault rifles. Uh, and I might, does no one have a problem that they James Brady was a pretty staunch Republican and supported Reagan, and now he has brain damage, and you're using a brain-damaged individual as a prop for right. gun control. But yet there was never any outrage over that because they they literally wheeled him in in the wheelchair into the Capitol, yeah, yeah, yeah. into the, they didn't have the, the courage to put him on the floor. They had him up in the, the viewing gallery and someone helped him up and he waved. And I mean, uh, the poor dude's drool coming down. And I'm oh, like, yeah. this is your prop. I mean, you're naming this the, the Brady bill because, you know, when this guy was press secretary, he looked at you and been like, you're crazy if you're going to ban guns. I mean, although Reagan did actually ban the fully automatic. Weapons, right. That's whatever. The deal is, though, is, I mean, the, the, the writing is on the wall is the reason that Democrats have been so hot and heavy about banning guns for years and years and years. And I've said this. I said this 10 years ago is because they know that uh, the culture war has been ra- has been raging in this country. The right and the left are becoming more and more divided and divided, becoming more and more hard headed. And when it comes down to it, seven out of 10 households that are conservative have a gun in their house. It's probably two households of liberals, and if it comes probably to probably more than probably more conservative, I'm going to say yeah, probably now it, it's ninety or ninety five. I, I agree. Yeah. After, after yeah. this last half yeah. year, yeah, and and when all of this stuff started breaking loose with COVID, and they started the whole defund the police, and then you had the rioting. I don't know how many. I've said this on the podcast like a year, close to a year ago, months ago. I had so many liberal friends of mine coming out of the woodwork asking me how they get a gun. How, the, how can they get a gun? I said, well, in California, you got to wait 10 days. No, I can't wait 10 days. Well, no, you passed these laws. You're a liberal. You live in liberal California. There's a 10-day waiting period. You can't get one for 10 days. And they're like, well, but there's got to be a way around that, right? I'm like, no. I'm like, no, what? Do you, yeah, you, you voted for cross, these, you you voted for these laws? You can't cross lines and buy a gun. That's you, against, you, when you pull out a 4473 yep, yep. form for, for the, the federal government to purchase a gun to do a background check yep. on you. If you don't have an in-state residence, you cannot purchase a firearm yep. in that state. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, your point about liberals don't know how gun purchasing works. But, 
you know, the, the gun control debate. And, and, and uh, again, I live in a very predominantly conservative area and, and it's rural and they're like, well, they're not going to take my guns. They, they come to my door. I'll shoot them. Right. They're not going to come to your door and take your guns. Listen, this is why I keep going on about the economic front, the digital dollars coming, right? They're going to get rid of cash. And then what they're going to do is they know you own the gun and they're going to shut your bank account off. Right. Then they're unless going to call turn, social services to come you turn, and take your kids Unless you turn you. in your gun, your firearms. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or if you don't, maybe they limit your movement like they do in China. You can't go more yeah. than 100 miles and your debit card stops working and you can't buy gas and you can't, you know, you can't leave your home and flee because, you know, how do you do that? You know, it's almost like a a scene from uh, Casablanca, you're trying to get out of the country. But and you, you can't. I mean, how do you pay for it? Yeah, you, yeah. you can't. And uh, if people don't think that the, the elites and the wealthy know this, the requests, there are companies out there to get you second passports in another country. If you don't necessarily have business dealings, and it's actually pretty easy to get a second passport if you do regular business in that country. But if you don't, the requests for second passports are up 90% this year. For the wealthy and the ultra wealthy, so it runs about one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars to get a second passport, and these people are wanting passports for their entire family, and they're just forking the money over. So that way, it's not a matter of oh well, you know, you've got an American passport, you can't leave the country. You're an American, you can't fly to the UK, you can't fly to St. Lucia, you can't fly to Bogota. But if you've got a Colombian passport, you can Guatemala, Latin America, Argentina, wherever you want to go to, the doors are open to you because you're going to use that passport as a citizen of that country. Uh, And uh, I think that's pretty telling when the rich people are actually trying to figure out how to, they're not renouncing their citizenship, but how to combine it with somewhere else and become a dual citizen so they have global flexibility. Yeah. Um, So Libertarian says, Libertarian and Democrat in my house stacked with guns that are registered, but they were all stolen last week. Is that real? the boat, the the boating, <laughs> that's Willie. No, the boating accident, Willie. You were down on Lake Norman. I, I remember you telling me about that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there, and the whole people are like, oh well, there's not a gun registration, you know, and because people ask me all the time as a cop, oh well, do you own any unregistered guns? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, there's not an official gun registry, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell you this: every 4473 ever ran is on file at the FBI. So it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say all they got to do is pass a law that connects the two right. and you already, the gun registry already exists. exists yeah. It's just not called a gun registry, but they, they, I was in law enforcement. I'm going to tell you right now, I could find a gun and if it was purchased, you know, 37 years ago, we're going to find out who purchased it. It's not hard. Other, other than the ghost gun industry, that's really changed the game. And it's well, not what they're scared and, of. And it scares the bejesus out of these politicians or just the people here in California to begin with. And you start talking mm-hmm. to them about ghost guns that you can just build your own gun. It's huge in Texas. Well, it's 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 huge in the gun community. People are actually very yeah. pro Second Amendment. And that's why, you know, the first podcast I was on, I talked about them rating Polymer 80 yeah. uh, and some of the stuff that they were doing. Again, because they just arbitrarily changed the definition of right. a rule. And, and they wanted to go raid them and seize that. And then they went to Polymer 80s customers. They took Polymer 80s customer records. They had subpoenas for that, took their yeah, customer records. To see where they'd ship the, the lower the low receivers. And, and threatened them and said, look, you know, we don't have a warrant for your gun, but we know you bought it and you need to voluntarily give it to us. Or we're going to come back and we're going to raid your house at three o'clock yeah. in the morning, and knock in your windows and throw flashbangs in your house and arrest everybody and hold you down at gunpoint while we look for what we want. That's literally what they told people. Yeah. So now, I mean, I'm not. Again, I was a cop, but does that sound like the blue you want to be backing? Is that mm-hmm. back the blue? You want someone that's threatening people arbitrarily because 
if they showed up at my house and threatened me like that, I've been like, well, boys, I'm like going to suck to be you when you come through my window at right. three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Did you see the the tweet I tweeted at you like a week ago about the thing here in California where they've got a task force with the sheriff's oh, department? Yeah. The yeah. sheriff's department here in California has a task force and they're out in numbers. It's just like a drug gang task force, but they're out there busting underground COVID parties that they're being that are being held here in LA. Yeah, they're bust, wearing a mask and they're too, busting too many them. People. They're busting them and arresting them. And taking papers, them, papers, take, taking them to jail with uh, wire tie handcuffs on. Uh, one party they busted forty six people that were at a party that was an underground co- uh, party that's against the COVID regulations. What I don't understand is there's no law. No, and and they didn't get the memo that there's no law when you drink the claw. <laughs> yeah, there's no law. So what are they taking these people? They're taking them to jail, but what exactly are they charging them with? Because it well, doesn't seem I mean, like it would hold most, up in court. You know, I just think about North Carolina. So there is uh, a statute that allows the governor to issue an executive order. So, this is the I mean, mayor, though. Theor- theoretically, you would be violating. It's a city ordinance. It's yeah, not a so law. They're, they're, yeah, and, and you know, when I, I don't know what it is in California, but in North Carolina, when I was a guy, you don't arrest people for an ordinance violation. You you write them write basically them a, a parking ticket. Yeah. It's the same thing as a parking yeah. ticket. It's just got different fines associated yeah. with it. Yeah, they're taking these people to jail here in California, though, or in L.A. for uh, these underground COVID, yeah. you know. And, and the fact that they have a task force. So, number one, you know, law enforcement's a finite number of people within right. an agency. And even someplace like L.A., which is, you know, the, which they've uh, the, just, second, the second largest department in the country. Which they've just defunded, by the way. You know, yeah, they've yeah, been so, crying so, to defund the police. They're, they're moving resources from one area. You yeah. know, it happened in High Point. They wanted a traffic division. Well, they didn't give them a budget to hire more officers they just took patrol officers and formed right. a traffic division so now you had less patrol officers right. answering calls when you called 911 and the traffic officers had to write tickets and work wrecks because people were upset that people were speeding instead of having enough officers to handle domestic violence calls it's all optics and police chiefs are uh, hired employees that are in a political position at least sheriffs i have more respect for they are at least elected by the people uh, in the county or parish and they should at least represent the interests of those people because that's who directly uh, puts them in office. So in North Carolina, sheriffs are extraordinarily powerful uh, and, um, you know, interesting trivia. In North Carolina, the only person who can arrest a sheriff, a sitting sheriff, is the county coroner if a warrant's issued. That's weird. Yeah. That's a well, weird some, somebody has to have the authority to arrest right. the sheriff in the coroner. So I guess here probably in California what they're doing is uh, they're probably pulling sheriff deputies off of like drug gang activity and stuff like that because of the COVID. I'm sure all that stuff is mostly non-existent now. The other thing in California is they basically legalized all drugs. You got people that are shooting meth and are doing meth and smoking meth right out on the right out in the open on the Venice boardwalk, the homeless people. So well, as a, as a as a libertarian, I'm okay with, with the I am too. Legal. Yeah, what so, what what I mean, I I mean this is going to sound horrible and, and uh, you know, so I'm just going to say it though cuz this is the internet. Uh they should be legal. And people are saying, well, you've never had someone with an addiction problem and you don't understand what, how would you feel if your family member died from an addiction problem? Uh, and my answer is, well, we're, if addiction is a genetic problem, as people want to argue, then we're getting rid of a faulty gene out of the gene pool. True that. Yeah. I, I mean, so we just, we make the species stronger because then we just weed out all the addicts yeah. if they kill themselves using drugs. And I, I, I mean, that's, I, I'm very, very matter of fact about that. And I, I also am tell too. people, Maybe addiction is genetic. 
you know, and it's not their fault once they're an addict. But the first time you ever use drugs, the very first time you made a conscious decision, you weren't an addict. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were not an addict before you used that drug. But you did it. Yep. But and you, you had and you, you made a decision, you to, made do a decision to do it. Yeah, I totally agree with that too. But I, I agree with a point that uh just, you know, it's if you're a grown person, you should be able to do whatever in the hell you want. If you want to put something in your body, pff, knock yourself out. It's your it's your business. You know what I mean? Well, uh, yeah, it's just none like people the, being arrested for weed or, yeah, or none drugs. Of the government or, and, and in North Carolina, a trace amount, like you could have a dirty crack pipe with just black city residue in it. It's gonna test positive pain. That is a felony in the state yeah. of North Carolina. The number of people who are destroyed, and this is where you start getting into the prison system, is a racket. The number of people who are destroyed over that and they make a bad decision versus if we just spent the money and put them actually into education and rehab programs. And I'm fine with funding those types of things. So Willie asked me, how is life at, how is life in Cali as a libertarian being a Democrat, being a democratic state, Rav? Uh, I used to actually... Uh, John knows this. I used to lean left before all of the loony leftists uh, moved so far left, they left me right. But I've always been libertarian-minded. Um, I've always been a libertarian, claimed to be a libertarian. Uh, you know, I used to be, funny thing is, back in the 90s, I used to be the guy that was running around going, there shouldn't be any borders. There should be no borders. There, You know, everybody should just be able to move around. There shouldn't be any border or anything like that. Then I moved to California, and I saw what the influx of the people coming from south of the border has done to this state. And the reason this state is broke is because of the influx, the over-influx of so many people coming from across the border. To give you an example, Texas, which is bigger uh, in size but about 10 million less in population, Texas has an estimated 20,000 illegal immigrants in the state of Texas. We have an estimated over one million just here in the unit, just here in the city of Los Angeles. That's not the state. So th- listen to what I just said. Texas, the entire state of Texas has an estimated and they're a border. They're a border state as well, just like California. And Texas is actually bigger, has a bigger border than California does. But Texas, the entire state of Texas, they have an estimated 20,000 illegal immigrants in the state of Texas. In California, just in the city of L.A., we have over a million just in L.A. So when you get these liberals, I was talking to a liberal friend of mine the other day and, uh, you know, it gets it gets wishy washy because his parents doesn't speak fluent English. So, you know, he's one generation removed from his parents probably getting here from the south of the border. So it's hard to have, you know, full on conversations with these people. But, you know, he was asking me because I was telling him that Texas is thriving and California is dying. He's moved to Washington. He got the hell out of here. He lives in Washington now. He doesn't live in here anymore. Um, But, you know, he was asking me, well, why is that? I said, well, Texas has lower taxes. They're business friendly and this and that and this and that. And he goes, well, why is everything? Why is California broke? That doesn't make any sense. If there's higher taxes, they should have more money, blah, blah, blah. And finally, I just told him, I said, well, it's a welfare state. You know, uh, six out of 10 residents in this state live off government government assistance. Sixty uh, percent of the nation's welfare comes to California. The problem is, is Californians that are 
staunch Democrat Californians, they have their heads stuck in the sand. They don't even understand any of this. They don't get it. They're just, you know, they've got their little peace sign. You know, they got their little flower in their hair and everybody's just happy. Everything's just happy. Yeah, everybody's just cool and everybody, it's all cool, man. It's all good, bro. Everybody, bro, everybody's just, you know, gets along in California. But then they wonder why the roads are crap, why they have, you know, we have the best weather in the United States and the shittiest roads. Roads, you know what I mean? These are the reasons. Uh, the school system ranks 40, I think 48th or 49th uh, out of 50 states uh, when it's some of the most intelligent people that live in this state. It's because the, you know, when you have a classroom with that's supposed to be a classroom with 25 to 30 kids and they've got 50 kids stuffed in there and 25 of them doesn't speak English. It's, it's a burden on the teacher. You know what I mean? All of these things turn into a bigger problem and it's the main problem with California. And then you stop and you realize that the nation supposedly just elected one of the state politicians that help turn this state into the shithole it is and california don't kid yourself now it's a beautiful state the scenery is beautiful but the government has turned like los angeles and san francisco these beautiful one-time beautiful mecca liberal golden state cities has turned them into literal shitholes these cities are horrendous you can you couldn't even imagine well, yeah, how and, bad it are and that it is yeah. You, you talk about the the influx of uh, illegal immigration. Well, one of Biden's executive orders today is he ordered that the census must count yeah. illegal immigrants yep. or well, they refer to them as non-documented uh, citizens right. um, in the uh, census that they just took. So, you know, they counted everybody. And so the census is important. And most people don't really, I don't think I fully understand what it's for. The census is what determines the actual population of state. Right. The number of representatives in the state are, are apportioned based on population. So the larger, you just listen to what Rav said, the conservatives, conservative state of Texas has, you know, 20,000. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, or, or 10% or less of the non-documented immigrants that California has. So they get to count all those people, which by default will give them more representatives. More which votes. Now also gives them more electoral college yep. votes. Yep. And this is one reason why there is a... a Push. Very real movement in a number of states. Texas has a huge succession movement. Um, the um, and then, well, this is interesting. So there's a big movement in Washington and Oregon for basically that middle section where the two join to form their own state because they didn't really identify with the liberal politics of Seattle and Portland. Right. Uh, and that was actually coming up for a referendum vote in 1980. Was it 84 when the Mount St. Helens erupted? But the week it was coming up is when Mount St. Helens erupted because it was dominating the national news cycle. Mount oh, St. yeah, Helens yeah, I remember, I remember that. And it just killed the entire Her, referendum yep. and nothing else ever happened. happened. But that has come back. That same um, – I don't keep wanting to say Portlandia, but that was a TV show. But the, uh, the same concept for that is back. And the succession movement in this country and the people that are like, look, you know, and you said it last podcast, just let people go their own way. Obviously, we're not going to agree on how countries and politics should be ran. So – you know what? You guys break off. You do this. Y'all do that. And y'all go down there, go do that. And if you want to move around, maybe there's a two-year period where you can change borders before the borders are sealed up and new passports are issued or whatever that looks like. It could be done peacefully, and it would probably avoid a lot of what I feel the, the coming conflict may be uh, within our country. 
Well, here's something that's crazy that most people don't understand. And, and I could be wrong on this, but I think I'm right. I'm pretty sure you'd have to look it up, though, and I'd have to verify it. So don't take it as gospel, but I'm almost positive I'm right. I think there are more conservatives in the state of California than any other state in the United States. Yeah. Did yeah. You I mean, well, that? You, I mean, California has a ton of farming. They have a yep. ton of ranch. You get up in the mountains, you get outside of the major metro areas, and those people are pissed. Yep. Those the, people, prob- the problem is, is you have these little liberal meccas that are so overpopulated, like Los Angeles and San Francisco and along the coast. And that's where all these liberal shitholes, these liberal jackasses live. And they basically vote for the entire rest of the state. If you drive up to Bakersville, which Bakersville is only like 45 minutes from Los Angeles. If you drive up to Bakersville, Bakersville has been voting, you know, it's been voting Republican for the last 45 years. Nothing's Mm -hmm. changed in Bakersville. North Carolina's like that. And Charlotte, it's so, Greensboro, it's, Raleigh. It's so funny if you drive to any of the places in California, like Bakersville, take Bakersville for example. Now, Bakersville is no beautiful town. It looks like a little desert West Texas town, right? Have you ever been there, John? No, I'm not, I've not been to Bakersville. It, it, look, it looks, you know, Dwight Yoakam made it, uh, him and Buck yeah, Owens made it yeah. famous, yeah. But it looks just like any like little old desert, or desert uh, West Texas town. But it's clean. There's no trash. You don't have a bunch of homeless people running around everywhere. It's it's nice. You know, it's a nice place. I would drive up to Bakersville from time to time just to hang up out hang out up there just to get out of the chaos and the filth that is Los Angeles because you don't have that in and the same thing with San Diego. I'll drive down to San Diego and hang out in San Diego because San Diego even though there's a big liberal presence down there I would say San Diego still probably leans about 65, 70% conservative to the liberal. So it's still everything, everything is still run on a conservative basis. So it's clean. It's it's a military town. So it's clean. You go down to the downtown San Diego. It's nice and clean. The sidewalks are nice. The streets are nice. The businesses are clean. You go down to Los Angeles. You go to downtown Los Angeles. You go into a subway. I was just in a subway. I got subway over here. I'm in Orange County, which is also conservative. But when I was in Los Angeles, you go into a subway. There's dirt and the floors are so dirty. If you licked your finger, you could write your name on the floor. The sidewalks are dirty if ever when you're walking down the sidewalk like every every like 10 feet you can smell urine i mean it's just a dirty 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 place and you got to think these liberals that's what they've created for themselves with los angeles you know what i mean that's what they want to wallow in that's what they like and that's what they want for the rest of the country that's why they're celebrating kamala harris being vice president because they want the entire country to be a third world shithole just like los angeles is and los angeles used to be a mecca huh they want the class separation. Yes. Yeah. You know, the, the, the minimum wage, I was talking about this at, at uh, the day job. And so they, they pass the $15 minimum wage. So I'm in uh, uh, an above average pay scale for the median income of the United States. I earned less than a hundred, but I earned more than 50. Right. And the, um, the people that the minimum wage affects disproportionately are people like me because the price of goods and services are going to go up in order to accommodate the minimum wage. I receive no additional income because my pay is not going up because I'm not making minimum wage. And so what it actually does is through inflation, it more and more eliminates the middle class. Right. And, you know, the, uh, but people don't understand that. 
People no, just no, don't no, get it. They, they just don't. see fifteen dollar minimum wage and they're all they for it. Yeah. When really all it does is it increases the yeah. tax base yep. and the tax revenue dollars and politicians like that. And it's a secret tax and people don't quite comprehend that. And it but uh, it, it makes people in the middle class where you're not making as much money. Because if you're oh, making yeah. if you're making what is the minimum wage now? I think it's it's seven twenty five is the federal minimum yeah. wage. And North yeah. Carolina sticks yeah. to the federal. We don't have a separate state right. minimum some states like California have a higher state minimum wage. I think it's twelve dollars. I think it's twelve dollars an hour here. But the deal yeah. is is you have people out there that are making sixteen fifty, seventeen dollars an hour. And then all of a sudden if people that are making minimum wage are making as much as they are, they're gonna want to raise too. A lot of EMTs are in the yeah. fifteen to seventeen yeah. dollar an hour range. So yeah. you mean to tell me that person uh, that can't get your mustard not on your hamburger at McDonald's deserves right. as much as the EMT who's trying to save your life? And and it's it's demoralizing to the population. It's demoralizing to people that you you work with that all of a sudden you know you've you've put in and and again I have employees that are in this situation. They they could move up. They don't want to. Their job fits their life. They're happy where they are. But they've worked for the organization for 10 or 15 years. They, they make above minimum wage as a result of that. They're in a position of, of some standing within the organization. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, Joe, the new guy who can't even tuck his shirt in is making the same thing that you're making. Yeah. Uh, it's because a, it's in some cases, these people would be brought to that new new pay rate as well. It's a slap um, in the face for those yeah. workers. And then like I, I wanna, told like I told you the last episode, when the minimum wage goes up, you get this little small grace period of maybe six to eight months, but then everything else starts creeping up as well. So if you're paying three thirty-five dollars a gallon for a gallon of gas, the minimum wage goes up. Within a year, you're going to be paying four thirty-five to five fifty-five dollars a gallon for a gallon of gas. Everything else will go up. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, in the next 30 days, gas is going to go up a dollar. Oh, I agree. You mark, you mark, I mean, the Keystone Pipeline executive yeah. order today is a big shot across big the bow to petrol that uh, we're not going to produce our own oil anymore yeah. in this country and we're not going to be friendly to those people who do and you better go find your co-juice somewhere else and opec just got that message and they're sitting there grinning going great because you know west texas intermediate yeah. crude went negative when covid started and we're going to be back up around 70 or 80 dollars yeah. a barrel and opec's going to yep. love it so we're empowering those people with uh, the unintended consequences of uh that type of executive order it's it's signaling what the administration intends to do and the regulations they intend to pass against the industry yep well uh we have already passed an hour john i just want to appreciate you again for uh it it, hour flies by uh for you guys that don't know john actually is going to be starting a podcast you have a name for it yet john yeah, so uh, Chickens and Silver. So this is going to be the libertarian-oriented podcast where uh, I basically sit back and I discuss uh, some current events. You know, I think that's mostly what we do here. Uh, we're going to discuss some current events, but also some, uh, I would say, sustainable living. I'm not huge into that category, but definitely becoming more self-sufficient and planning for, I think, the average person on what we can do on kind of what I think is coming down the road, or even if it doesn't happen, uh, maybe get a little more enjoyment out of life and you're not so stressed on those types of things. Uh, Going to try to do my best to point people towards resources and explain how macroeconomics, so macroeconomics is that giant picture versus micro is what's in your wallet. Macro is what's going on globally and how it affects you. And when people understand that, a lot of what we're talking about here with minimum wage and and the big globalist agenda on why they would want a digital currency, what that means for you and what it could possibly look like. Uh, and I'm going to try to break the show down into, into segments, 
you know, 10 to 20 minutes uh, and, and covered over an hour, three days a week on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturdays. I'll be back here on Fridays. Uh, so yeah, Chickens and Silver. We have a Facebook page. Just set that up. Also, uh, YouTube, Chickens and Silver. Um, I'll and, put a link. Uh, I'll put yeah, a link just in the description down below. Yeah, yeah. You be got you guys. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, <laughs> be sure to hit that like button. It helps us in the YouTube algorithm. And if you comment, you know, if you got a question or anything, uh, write a comment. I know you were commenting in the chat, but if you comment on the video and stuff, it'll help the video in the YouTube algorithm. <coughs> algorithm. Excuse me. Rona. Rona. <laughs> Don't say that. I've already Rona. had it. Uh, <clears throat> I just uh, choked on my own spit. Anyway, guys, uh, thank you again for uh, joining us here on the American Nomad Podcast. Thank you, John. Uh, man, your setup. I'm really impressed. So I, I, I mean, look, so like 400 bucks. I like, recommended they, that they, mic to you. What do you think? You did, man. The, mic, the mic's great, man. I mean, I was... You know, I'd look, you know, I think I told you like four or five months ago, I wanted to get into this and I was just looking at stuff and I was like, God, I have no idea what to get. And you're like, oh man, get to sure it's, it's, that's the route to go and plug and play simple. And if I wanted to go XLR, hold on, let me turn this around. Yeah. It's got an XLR jack it's, on it's, it's got an XLR yeah. right here. If I But it sounds great get... through USB, which most USB mics don't sound great. That one does. That's why I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But just for instance here, my uh, live track L8 Zoom. My LiveTrack L8 Zoom cost uh, $399, $399. That's my mixer. This microphone was $399, and then this was $100, and then this arm was another $100. You basically got out for $260, what, $70 bucks there? Yeah, the mic was $245. Oh. The arm is actually like a $40 Chinese arm because the mic doesn't weigh yeah. that much, so I don't need a, a big a, arm. You know, basically, what's your production-level uh, arm there? Did you get it uh, off and- Amazon or did you get it off of eBay? Got everything off of Amazon. Amazon, the, Amazon. The, the lights, the LED light panels yeah. that I've got are from uh, GVM. Two hundred forty dollars yeah. for a pair with stands. You could control them from an app on your phone or from the back of them. Uh, they're LED, so I, I'm wearing a hoodie. I'm not sweating to death over here because right. I've Cause they're been under actual real yeah. hot lights. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you would not want to wear this for an hour in front of. <laughs> and uh, gosh, oh, and so do your podcast. The audio, upload it to Red Circle. Okay. I was with Podbean for seven years and I just moved my podcast to Red Circle. It's free. There's cool. no reason not to use Pod Circle. It's free. I mean, Red Circle, it's free. Yeah. Anyway, John, thanks again, man. And we will see you Friday. You'll be on Friday's show as well. So we'll see you back here on Friday. Looking forward to that. We'll have to think up a good topic. Uh, and uh, But anyway, thanks, John. We will see you Friday, buddy. See you, Rav. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the American Nomad Podcast. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, it's, going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. I won't say that I'm not disappointed because, uh, you know, as a Trump supporter, it's a disappointing time for us. But, uh, hey, it's the way it goes. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the American Nomad Podcast. Until next time, keep looking up because that's where it all is.